0: Welcome back to Round 12, the podcast that will always be dedicated to growth, development, and motivational mastery. I am your host, Sensei Roger B. Hamilton. Thank you for joining us again today for another episode of the Round 12 podcast series. Let's go get it. How to win the position and how to get promoted to the next level.
1: Yeah. You don't know who's swimming naked till the time come in. Fuck, no, so where you your hoes at? Or where your roads at? Where your backbone, nigga? Where your code at? Where your dance is day one, real bros at? Where them stories that you telling unfold at? Where your heart, nigga? Where your soul at? We got old school ways we expose at. Ain't no guarantees, but you know that. Niggas die every day, can't control that. King Griffey throwback. Nigga had to go left, must have popped 28 times, cause it's full left. If it's about mine, ain't a nigga that I won't check. Run through your heart as homeboy, you could go next. 85 cut dog, hustle at the Rolex. Chain on my white tee, now you see the progress. Sacked every chip on myself, time to collect. All money in, just imagine what I gross back. Fuck, where your hoes at? Or where your rolls at? Where your backbone? Nigga, where your code at? Where your down since day one, real bros at? Well them stories that you telling unfold that. Where your heart, nigga? Where your soul at? We got old school ways, we expose at Ain't no guarantees, but you know that. Niggas die every day, can't control that.
2: That's why I call my thing the marathon, because yeah. I I'm not gonna lie and, and, and portray um this ultimate poise like I've been had it figured out. Nah, I just didn't quit. That's the only distinguishing quality. From me and probably whoever else going through this or went through this or is gonna go through this, is that I ain't quit. I went through every emotion. I went through every emotion with trying to pursue what I'm doing. You know what I mean? And I think that what's gonna separate whoever's gonna try to go for something is that you ain't gonna quit. Unless, you know, you're gonna really take the stance if I'm gonna die behind what I'm what I'm getting at right now. (laughs) Fuck where your
1: hoes at? Where your roads at? Where your backbone, nigga? Where your code at? Where your down since day one, real bros at? Where them stories that you telling unfold at? Where your heart, nigga? Where your soul at? We got old school ways, we expose at. Ain't no guarantees, but you know that. Niggas die every day, can't control that. I think that our reaction to being disrespected, we
2: gotta, we gotta, we have to reassess how we react. You know what I mean? I think that we've been known as as hip-hop to make songs and that's a part of it and then we gotta we gotta go a step further because i think that it's like a disease in your body once you start giving it a treatment it'll get immune to the treatment Mm -hmm. and you gotta try something else to kill that disease so i think protest music is important i think that yg was a genius
0: I'm winging it today, y'all. There's been a lot of episodes, 66 to be exact, and here on episode number 67, I felt compelled to just speak into the mic about how to win a position, and in my case, a sales and or marketing position, and to get promoted to the next level in the process. I have no notes, I have no preparation, I have nothing but my own memory and my ability to speak into this microphone. But I felt compelled to do it today because I think there are many of us who effectively could use this assistance toward getting better at what they do and uh, finding a way to uh, have confidence in the process of securing a new position, or an important position, and move their needle forward. So I'm going to take Company A, Company B, and Company C in my career and talk about some of the things that I did to go ahead and get the position secured and set myself up to move forward and be promoted as well. So let's take Company A. This was back in the year 1982. I was a truck driver in Los Angeles, California when I got struck by a moving tow truck that was towing a car at the time and changed my life. After my recuperation, which took some time, I went ahead and started to think in terms of enlarging my spirit, enlarging who I am and what I do. Uh, Because uh, during that quiet time of recuperation, I realized that there was more to me than just the physical, that I had a brain and I had a a sense of myself that I can make a contribution to the world at large through other parts of who I am. So, one thing led to another and a resume was created. (laughs) This was my first resume ever in 1982. And it was a gift of uh, one of my karate students at a health club I was working at, whose son was a uh, paralyzed person. a a paraplegic, and uh, he was a young man, and his illness came over him rather suddenly in his life, and he was a nice, likable young man. And I took to him and started teaching him using his upper body and spent a lot of time with him man to man and speaking. He happened to be an African-American young man, but very, very nice. His mom was very, very nice and uh, a, a studying attorney. She was actually preparing to take her law exam, but she had to slow it down to take care of her son. And she insisted after I had helped this young man so much that she needed to give me a gift. And she took some time in an afternoon to ask me about my history and some things I did and I wondered why she collected the data and she wouldn't tell me it was a surprise. And next she delivered a wonderful resume to me on bond paper. It says something in motion that was bigger than I ever was and I thanked her a great deal and I've been uh, the written word and uh, resume-oriented ever since. So her name was Jakey, as a matter of fact. So as I think back now, Jakey, thank you very much. So in 1982, I'm trying to make an alteration in my career. I stepped past uh, uh, a side business on Long Beach Boulevard in Long Beach, California and it was a, an unassuming office space with windows clear so you could look through and a small unassuming sign hanging from the center of the window. It was Don Haney Associates, the name of the company for what it's worth. And so I went and knocked on the door because I saw a gentleman sitting in there at an unassuming desk pounding away at some work. I tapped on the door. I had a briefcase with me. Uh, I had a casual shirt on and some uh, some casual khaki pants, and I was walking at the time because I made up my business. I was leaving California to go back to school in Maryland, and everything that I owned was back there and decided that I would um, effectively uh, stay for the summer and just see what happens, and sure enough. So I tapped on the window, tapped on the door. He waved his hand, nah, get out of here. I tapped again and waved my hand to him to come to the door. He waved once again, no, 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 we don't want any, you could see him mouthing the words. And I tapped again and waved him toward me. He stood up, it looks like objectionably from his seat came to the door. Yeah, how can I help you? My name is Roger Hamilton. I'd like to talk to you about what you guys do here. What do you do? We're a manufacturer's representative organization and we sell multiple products in the office products industry. And I, for all intents and purposes, shared with him that I'm the best sales rep that you'll ever find and you need to hire me because I'm really good at what I do. And he laughed. (laughs) And then after a breath, he laughed some more. And I stood there, stone-faced, not laughing. And he said, okay, oh really? And I reached into my briefcase and handed him a... Uh, a fresh resume and said, if you can use any of the skills on this resume, feel free to give me a call. When I walked away, I aggressively felt that this is the time I'm going to change my life and nothing is going to stop me. So whether he laughs at me or not, I'm going to press forward. Sure enough, We left each other that uh, afternoon and I didn't think really much of it. I thought that it was a long shot for me to ever work with this guy for any reason and had no idea what they did anyway. And so there you go. But by the time I got back to where I was living, that he had already called. And long story short, he decided that he did look at the resume and he did want to talk to me a little bit more about my past. I had sold Kirby vacuum cleaners in New Jersey. And so another another company called WM Industries, as a matter of fact, too, was a great organization to teach me the art of selling. One thing led to another. We we established a time frame to meet, and he introduced me to the CEO of the company. And uh, this was a meeting we had at a lovely hotel in Long Beach. And once we completed our meeting, I was offered a job as an account executive for this particular company. Now, it was interesting because this person who hired me had no intention of training me to be good at what I did and to help me get better and move along uh, in the career. He just tolerated me, as it were. Not exactly even sure why he decided to mention my name to the CEO, but the CEO and I hit it off like peas and carrots. We, We did really well in the interview. New experience for me, new group of people, and the first time in my life ever wearing a shirt and tie to work. So I accept the position. The first day I show up, they give me my bonus check or my expense check of $500 to go ahead and get what I needed to get started. What a great little plus that was. had no idea that was going to happen. But there was no way on earth anybody was going to train me to do this job and learn these 16 lines along the way. And there were all kinds of things, pens and uh, binders and portfolios and and even office furniture, et cetera. And I needed to know them inside and out before I could talk to customers about them. And this gentleman that I was working with in Ford, he insisted, look, I don't have time to train you, so you're going to have to go through these catalogs and learn this stuff yourself. And I did. And each day and each night, I would study diligently every bit of information on all this, um, this product that I was going to work with and get to know it inside out. Well, fast forward. Time passed. There were some frustrating moments in between. Now what, what really makes this such an interesting situation is that by this time, i had already been struck by a speeding tow truck. I had driven all my stuff back from New Jersey to go to school, back out there, and gotten every single piece of anything I ever owned stolen in the truck that I'd been driving across the country uh, in for a week and parked it for an hour And it was stolen with everything that I owned inside it, including my wallet and the money, cash money I had and everything you could think of. The only thing I had was a pair of shorts and seven dollars pushed down into my waistband. So I started this position excited and completely gleeful that I even could get a position and save myself. But now I had to study my way into success and I did it. And when I started to call on customers I called on them with the idea that I knew this product inside and out. I had studied and studied and studied and I started to sell so much and so thoroughly and so regularly and had people calling the office asking who this guy was and why is he so good because I was motivated because I did my homework and because I was consistent and I had high energy and there was nothing else for me to do but move forward and push and I did. So let's, let's, let's feel good about that. There was a national convention that they had in Chicago that I went to every year, presented myself and learned the game and did what I was supposed to do and I grew. And I even had some of them ask me, there were alternate salespeople who worked there, some of them very seasoned, been around a long time. Kid, how are you out there selling so much? I don't know, I'm just talking to people and telling them about product. Broke every record you could break, uh, closed every deal you could close, even got my responsibility increased and started to deal with a, a distributor in the area, which was a more of a high profile, larger position. Uh, And they trusted me with that work. So time passed, multiple years passed, and I grew better and better and better. And then effectively, the main corporation that was uh, leading the charge with this particular manufacturer's rep group uh, decided that they were going to start their own company. It was a Japanese company, and they wanted to move to the States, shut down their relationship with the manufacturer's rep group and start their own United States Corporation, and they did. It was a big loss to the manufacturers rep group. They, they, uh, they lamented about that loss, et cetera, and I thought I would have to go and now search for a new position. But before I could do that, uh, toward the end of the tenure, I got a call from a Japanese gentleman who I worked with quite a bit along the way who liked me a lot because I trained in traditional Japanese karate and we talked and we had common bond between each other. We seemed to like each other very much. And he arbitrarily called me and said, his name was Shuji, as it were, Shuji Sukumoto. He He let me know in no uncertain terms that he appreciated the job that I had done for the organization and that he was glad to meet me. I thought it was just a courtesy call, but it wasn't. What he wanted to tell me was, is that I was going to be the first person offered a position in the nation for this new company coming over and securing their offices in the United States. And he wondered if I would accept the position. And, of course, I was excited as could be and wound up saying yes. So I was the first person ever chosen for this organization in, in the country. And subsequently, reps were hired all throughout California, New York, Texas, Florida, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then shortly after, I continued my selling ways. I knew the line inside out. I knew what I could do to grow. I spoke to people with with enthusiasm and with grace and with timing and with pace and with and with with balance and with courtesy and with empathy on dealing with customers to where some days i would say you know what you look really busy today why don't i catch you another time and make people really excited about the fact that i was paying attention and not just some guy trying to sell them something i wanted to provide a service i wanted to be somebody that was a useful tool in the growth development stability of a given company not just some guy knocking on the door to sell and that's what's changed my perception about what sales is or is not. Sales is it's such a misnomer to what the thing really is. It's not begging or pleading or pushing someone to buy something from you. It's getting to know them, establishing some trust, getting to know what their needs are, and then seeing if, in fact, the services or products you have can fill their need. And then it can work to be a good relationship. And it did, it continued to do that. And then Suddenly, after a national sales meeting in Orlando, Florida, and it was concluded, toward the end of the meeting, I was pulled aside by who was then the uh, national sales director and the CEO of the organization, and they asked me if I would meet them in a conference room. And in doing so, they made an offer to me of one of two things. I could have a mass market manager for the nation as a position or I could have regional sales manager position based in Chicago for the position, and I'm now based in San Jose, so I would have to relocate and move, and they would pay all the expenses associated with my move if I took it. I was excited as could be, couldn't believe it, but what it leveled off to be was I was the first person ever chosen to be promoted to management from this new corporation from Japan, and then now in the United States, and I was going to relocate and have them foot the bill. Beautiful transition, I did so, and I succeeded in that as well, and had eight reps under me and a secretary, and learned the ropes on how to grow. So is this just about bragging about what I can do and what things have occurred in my life to to help me grow? No, by no means it's not that. It's to say that when you dig down, and you're diligent, and you're focused, and you're motivated, and you really want it, and you present yourself in such a way where you are growth-oriented, good things can very well happen next instance with many things in between. In the year 2000, I received a phone call arbitrarily at the current company I was working for and was the gentleman from Park Ridge, New Jersey and, 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 and company number two I'm going to present to you. And he called me randomly and said, hey, is this Roger Hamilton? I said, yes, it is. He said, hey, I'm from company number two uh company b as it were and i'd like to talk to you about a position we have available for you okay sure let's talk one thing led to another we went to a meeting and sat down we hit it off come to find out this guy's born and bred in new jersey and knows exactly where i'm from so we hit it off like peas and carrots right away i interviewed once i interviewed twice i interviewed a third time and then i interviewed on my wife's birthday in the year 2000. And the interview wound up being four and a half hours to where they offered me the position. And the first time this position was ever offered to anyone outside of the company was a regional sales manager position. I accepted. And may I say it was the grandest experience I'd had to date. I enjoyed it very well. An international organization, a very high profile, large scoped uh, organization and uh, no one under me but what they wanted me to do was build the region and the territory and hire the staff underneath me so that we could continue to grow and move forward i wound up leading the company for the nation now in that year 335 percent growth on my own as i was competing with other regions there were five regions in the nation And they had six or seven reps in each region, and I beat them all as an individual myself in sales, productivity, growth, development, etc. It was quite a shining glory for that period of time. As time went on, I succeeded, I hired a staff, I got it done, we moved the needle. And suddenly I was pulled into another meeting with the national executive and the vice president, executive vice president, et cetera. And I was offered a position of national sales manager. And I accepted. And I moved that needle forward. And I pushed and and pulled and twisted and learned and grew in a very harrowing and difficult circumstance where everybody didn't even like me because I was the only I was the only person of my style, type, complexion, mannerism, in the organization's management team. And as an executive, they didn't always make it easy. They didn't always act like they liked me. They didn't always act like they were nice to me. But soon after time, I realized that this is the, quote, dog-eat-dog nature of corporate uh, environments sometimes, not all times. And we hope that we're getting away from that so we're not as bad as we used to be. But it was a very difficult experience. Well, let's just say I grew enough. I secured enough, and I closed a $447 million deal for the company, which I wrote the RFP, the request for proposal, and I created the document by staying two nights uh, without sleep as we prepared for the closing date and time. I discussed it all negotiated it all, got it done, got the signature on the page, and the company secured a new customer that was the largest they'd ever secured. From a national level, that was a great accomplishment. Long story... Sure, moving it all forward, I wound up retiring from that company. And that being Company V was the most wonderful experience in growth and development. And guess what I decided to do is start my own brick and mortar, brand new martial arts school. And I did. And we did. And we grew. And we challenged ourselves. And we built champions. And we... We secured a wonderful building and we had brand new equipment and brand new supplies and brand new wares to sell and we were courteous and growth oriented and both my sons taught people And at 10 years old both of them were teaching adult students and doing it well. Each of my sons are older or are different ages than each other. So one started 10 years old. He could teach an adult class. The other caught up and he's 10 years old. He could teach an adult class. But we learned some things about each other. And we learned some things about other people. Is that when you're diligent, when you're focused, when you're motivated, the same skills and tools that went along with business, sales, and marketing as well, they could apply to teaching martial arts. And martial arts, martial arts is not just unknown to some about bang, bang, you know, ground and pound, punch and kick and kill. Much of it is about honor and code and integrity and peace and, and, and pleasant motivation and, and empathy and, and caring about other human beings and, 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 and standing for something so you don't fall for anything. And presenting that information to others so do you kind of build a secondary family. And that's what we did there at my martial arts school. And then you want to talk about being promoted in this exercise, my promotion represented creating my own martial arts tournament from scratch and presenting it to the world at large. And once I did, and we were a success, which we were, and it became a family enterprise and a family business, then effectively we did it the next year and the next year, and it became a national event. One of which I did twice in one year, one on the East Coast and one on the West Coast. Once I did twice in one year, one on the West Coast and one at Disneyland with Disneyland as the hosting sponsor. Great stuff. Another thing that I negotiated on my own. Am I using this time to, to toot my own horn and, and jump and scream about the things that I've done? No, not so much. What this is by design to do uh, is, is, is scheduled to do is to tell you that you can do amazing things if you want to. You can do amazing things if you try hard and you focus and you gather yourself and you dig down. And that wasn't even a company C, which I'm still going to talk about. This was along the way uh, some of the most gracious, amazing, uh, eventful, beautiful time uh, to have been alive in my life. One of the things that were unfortunate in that, though, was during 2008, when the entire financial world came to an end, it seems, was when I was at peak time for my business. And if any of you had a business in 2008, you know that we all suffered. We all were challenged in ways that we couldn't have imagined and we didn't know would happen. And we had to survive, and I did, but not without challenge and difficulty, of which I'm proud to say I endured. I moved the location, I altered it, I altered presentation to students, I did whatever I needed to do su- to succeed and to keep my family intact, my marriage intact, my sons healthy and growing, and we did it. And then as time moved on, so many choices were presented. And the corporate America experience that had been so good for me and taught me so much seemed to present itself again. And suddenly, I get a recruiter who comes and reaches out to me from company C and decides that I may be a great fit for this organization, which is now related to as a alternate company to company B. And after multiple years, how many years? I don't know, 15, 12 or 15, since I worked for company B, this affiliate of company B, company C, decides that I may be the best choice for their position grand position as a government manager handling all government issues in a position that was never created before and that no one has ever had and they wanted me to build and create and succeed and I did and I did it with some unwelcoming individuals who didn't think that they needed a government person to manage that business but we realized after time and effort and 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 devotion that we did need it and as I succeeded This company pulled me aside um, only a year and a half after and decided that I was the proper candidate to be promoted to the now new position and the entire district and to have 20 folks rolling up to me so that we could make some forward progress because they had seen my behavior, they had seen my diligence, they had seen my motivation. They had seen my professionalism. They had seen my ability to communicate. They had seen that I was a guy who was motivated to get things done, and I did it with a level of courtesy and respect. This also goes back to the idea of martial arts, the courtesy and respect issue. I'm sorry, no, no hating no on ground and pound. You need to fight for your life. But let me tell you something courtesy and consideration go a long way as well. And so, with all that being said, for company A, B, and C, And for running a family over all these 30 years. And for loving my son and giving them the very best of myself over all these years as well. And getting them promoted to black belts and being stand-up citizens and good quality human beings. Let me tell you something. If there's one thing I would tell you all. Stay in the game. Do your best job. Focus on where you're trying to go. Set some realistic goals, short-term and long-term. Write them down. Look at them regularly. Post them on the wall where you can see them. Nobody's better than you. You're as sharp and as good as anybody else, and where you're not, you can grow and learn. And this doesn't mean anything. This is just one podcast out of many talking about some of the things that happen in people's life. But let me tell you something. There are amazing things that we all can do when we can plant our feet on the ground and see clearly and just do it. As the good old Nike organization says, just do it. Just get real with it and decide that you're as good as anybody else to do as good a job as anybody else. And so in the final analysis, I think what I'd really, really like to convey is that I I enjoy this idea of having to push myself to extremes to get what I wanted but then I learned a whole nother lesson in this process that pushing myself to extremes is only one part of it. What I've learned as of late is that it's now calming down and slowing down and relaxing myself as well. So it's no longer about extremes. Now it's about calm, cool, collected pace using my experiences, knowing what I'm supposed to do and do it. And the the reference that I just asked my son earlier tonight, what's discipline? What is discipline anyway? And to me, discipline is doing what needs to be done, when it needs to be done, whether you like it or not. And in addition to discipline... There is that all-important why. Why do you want to succeed? And what motivates you? (laughs) German philosopher Friedrich Nietzsche once said, He who has a why can endure any how. Consequently, at the bottom of your why is an important first step in figuring out your how. I learned that if you want to achieve your goals and create a life you enjoy versus merely surviving... You have to do some uh, some introspection and take a look at your personal stuff and, and sort it out. I was glad when I did. Honestly, until you're clear and you're specific on your why, it's many times hard to find the courage to take the risks that are needed to get ahead and stay motivated when challenges come about, which they will. And along the way, I've learned that In some sales organizations and companies, they make every attempt and ultimately think that they can motivate you. But after experiencing many sales environments, many managers, and even other personal social environments, I learned that the fact truly is that no one can motivate you, and anyone else for that matter. Motivation comes from within. It's an internal drive, and everyone motivates themselves in some way or another. And after getting through the rookie years and learning the ropes, I realized some things that stay with me today. As an example of how salespeople and business people are often motivated, let's take a look at the example of using the word motive as an acronym. M for money. In the beginning, I thought this was my why. O for opportunity. (laughs) It's great to get, but many times you don't even know what you have. T, for teamwork. I always loved that, but many environments didn't have members who thought the same, so it was impossible to get on the same page. I, for independence. I always wanted that. The ability to move freely and create has been a powerful motivator. V, for visibility. Ah, this one, not so much. Unless I was winning a championship, then I loved the short applause which fueled the next conquest. Excellence is the E. And bingo. This has always been at the forefront of my drive and growth and endurance. I wanted to be excellent in my performance so I could stay on level ground in my own head. I learned this early in my life from cleaning the bathroom of my mother's home to leading the team as a wrestling captain. I love this one. I finally concluded that I leaned to the M, the I, and the E. Money, of course. Independence, definitely. And excellence, Well, this, my friends, is guiding the whole damn thing. So for what it's worth, if I were you, I would take a long look at your own mission, make some definitions, and stay on track. Remember, yours is a great life. Thank you for joining us again today for another episode of Round 12. May you live as long as you want and never want as long as you live. May the worst days of your future be like the best days of your past. And may you continue to answer life's bell every time. Until we meet again, time!